This episode sponsored by InternetPaycheckForLife.com. Check out my new online internet business training and learn how to retire on internet income. Check it out today. This week's sponsor, InternetPaycheckForLife.com. Gentlemen, start your engines. Uh, you're coming out of power. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Listening to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now, your host, the editor in chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right, hello, everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. Do not attempt to adjust your computer monitor. <laughs> what was that show they used to say? The Outer Limits? Do not attempt to adjust your TV. We have taken control of the transmission. Uh, anyway, this shirt um, it turns out to be a little bit louder uh, <laughs> color-wise than what I was expecting. Uh, this color, is it's not even red. It's actually, this color is called tomato. So there you go. So uh, people are going to definitely get a lot of stop bys on the video stream and we do simulcast all over the internet i was just saying this to those people that were uh you know on on our stream before we went live um i think we're on about 10 different video platforms in addition if you want to just listen to the audio stream the best option is over at talkstreamlive.com and then of course first thing in the morning this show goes out on a ton of different uh podcast platforms so altogether we get about 50,000 downloads and restreams of the show now each month, which is really cool uh, because I'm totally independent doing this show. Nobody owns me. I have no network to answer to. I get to do what I want. And I think this is incredible uh, to be able to reach this many people. And, I, and it's growing every week. We do another show. It's growing. OK, so tonight, here's what we're doing. Uh, our opening segment, the first 30 minutes is news. And there's a lot to get into at 930 Eastern which is in 27 minutes, you can jump on board. We're not going to do a guest tonight. I decided tonight is going to be open lines. I love these open line shows. We're actually right now planning to pick some of our callers, our best callers, and do a show about every four to six weeks where we have a panel where we'll have like three or four people on the phone line and they'll be our regular panel. We might rotate, you know, who's on that panel, but this is sort of your chance to audition. So tonight at 9.30, we're going to open up the phone lines again for uh, open open lines, whatever you want to talk about, whatever is important to you uh, regarding, you know, what's happening in the news. And I'll give you the number now. You can call now if you want, and you'll hold your space in line, but I'm not taking the calls until 9.30. But here's the number. It's 646 716 four zero four one six four six seven one six four zero four one i will be here live next week uh there's some kind of a football game going on next week during this time slot um uh, i have no interest in it 
<laughs> it's the Super Bowl. I, I, it, but who cares about football right now, right? The NFL. I mean, nobody's really watching the NFL. And I was just curious this afternoon. I wanted to see who is the halftime show for the Super Bowl. And and the halftime show is a performer by the name of Weekend. Okay. <laughs> I don't think there's going to be a big, I don't know who this guy is. I've never heard of him. It's Weekend. And there's no E, so it's W-E-E-K-N-D, Weekend. That's his name. Um, I don't know. He must be great if he's going to be on the Super Bowl. Who knows? Uh, don't want to say anything bad about the guy. Just never heard of him. He's from Canada, it's said on Wikipedia. And he goes by the stage name of Weekend. So pretty cool name, I guess. Uh, it's better to be a <laughs> It's better to be a weekend than a weekday, I guess. Weekday would be kind of a depressing uh, name for a performer. Okay, we probably have a lot of new people here tonight. Why? Because I was on with George Norrie, my good friend George Norrie. I was on in the middle of the night on Monday night. I was on 3 to 5 a.m. And, and I'm telling you, like my books are exploding on Amazon. It's just huge. And the number of people coming to the website, signing up for um, some of my online training, uh, it's going great. And uh, welcome aboard if you're new. Uh, to the show. We're glad that you're here. And uh, thanks to George Norrie for all of his support. And thanks to all of you that are buying my books and are, uh, you know, blowing up my pages over on Amazon. I greatly appreciate it. Speaking of books, I've got to show you this book here. So Mike Lindell, the MyPillow guy, uh, who I love, I love Mike Lindell. Um, and so we're trying to get him booked on the show, but I try to, when I hear that somebody's under attack by the left, I try to do something. What what can I do? You know, as one person to help them. So I already have two my pillows. I didn't want to buy any more my pillows, but he does have his book available over at mypillow.com. Now I just got the book yesterday. I got to show you this book because people are creeped out by the cover of this book. I haven't read it yet, but it's supposed to be a really incredible book about him. Uh, you know, he was a drug addict. He, he reformed his life. He came to Christ. He was able to build this huge business, my pillow. Uh, anyway, people are creeped out by the cover and I have to show you this because I have not seen a book like this since I was like five years old, a cover like this. So let, let me show you this. If you're on the video stream, look at this. <laughs> it, it's one of those like holograms where when you turn the book or look at it from a different angle, it shows like the kind of the before Mike Lindell, the drug addict problem guy. And then it shows the new Mike Lindell, but you, it's, it's creeping people out the cover to this book. And then on the back of the book, he's got the same thing. He's got like him as a, a young boy. You see that? And then when you turn it, it's kind of a present day picture. Um, but in any case, you can get his book for like 15 bucks with free shipping. And that's one way you can help out. Mike Lindell, who's now permanently suspended, permanently banned from Twitter, and uh, everybody's after him. They're they're getting his products, all the My Pillow products, uh, kicked out of all the major box stores. So you know, I look at it like this: I'm only one person. You're only one person. But when you look at all the people that voted for Trump and all those that probably that didn't vote for Trump that, that, that probably identify with him. We're probably talking about a hundred million people. So, so any one of us really, you know, by ourselves, maybe 
we we might think we can't do very much, but if there's a hundred million of us out there and somebody's under attack and we all buy a book or we all buy a my pillow, these kind of little things, you can really be, as uh, Steve Bannon says, a force multiplier. And so, you know, my little show, I'm not Rush Limbaugh. I'm not Sean Hannity. I have no uh, delusions of grandeur, but this is what I can do. Okay, this is what Jim Paris can do. I can reach about 50,000 people a month right now. You can start your own show. You can write books. You can write blog articles. If we all do a little something, uh, then we're going to be able to make a difference. And, and that's how this is going to work going forward, because there's a lot of, you know, big, uh, big guns against us. No pun intended. You know, the, the all the le the media is all sold out to the left. You, you can't even get the truth anymore. Um, on the mainstream media, it's, it's gone beyond ridiculous. There's another thing you can do. And I want to tell you about a book that, uh, I pre-ordered it two weeks ago because, uh, his name is Andy. No, and it's spelled N G O, but it's pronounced Andy. No. So it's, so if you want to write it down, the last name is spelled N G O. You may have heard of Andy. No, uh, because he, he has a book out about Antifa. And I want to give you the exact title of the book because I want everybody watching to go buy this book because this will drive the left absolutely crazy. The book is already uh, a top bestseller. Uh, it's called Unmasked Inside Antifa's Radical Plan to Destroy Democracy. The book is called Unmasked. Go buy the book over at Amazon. Drive it up to the top of the uh, bestsellers list. It's already up there. Let's keep it up there. Let's keep moving it higher. Uh, because this guy, believe it or not, the book, the Antifa is getting bookstores to take this book off the shelves. It, it's just coming out. They're getting bookstores to ban the book. This guy is under such a threat. He's actually had to go out of the country to hide because of the threats that he's getting. Now, why do they want to quiet him? This is what I always ask when, when, it's when when the left is trying to silence someone, when they're trying to take away your Twitter account, when they're trying to take away your Facebook, when they're trying to get your book banned. I mean, if if all you have to say is some crazy conspiracy theory and it's not true, then why not let it come out and let you embarrass yourself if what you have to say has no basis in fact? Uh, in my in my world, people that are stifled, people that are silenced probably have something to say. That's how I look at it. And you need to buy the book on mass to support Andy. No, please do that. If you're looking for uh, some updates throughout the week, I get a lot of people asking me about taking this show daily. I can't do it. I, I, I literally can't do it. Um, you know, I'm a one man deal here. I, I've got a producer and myself. I don't have a whole team of people and it's all I can do to produce one live show a week and then syndicate it out there. So I'm not going every day at this point, maybe down the road, but I can't do it right now. Um, but I want to tell you about two shows that you can listen to during the week. If you're looking for something like a daily update on all the craziness, two shows I would suggest to you, uh, war room pandemic with Steve Bannon. And that show comes on actually twice a day. And uh, you can find it on several of the uh, cable networks, the uh, Dish Television. It's on TalkStream Live. Uh, it's 
You can download the podcast a little bit later in the day, the podcast version of it. War Room Pandemic with Steve Bannon. That's a good daily show. They're now going six days a week with that show. Then the other show you want to listen to every day is Dan Bongino. Dan Bongino. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm one of these people, you know, I don't, I don't care about promoting other people. You, you know, listen to these guys. They're great. They're probably better than me. So, so listen to their shows too. Um, follow me on tel- Telegram. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be up on Facebook or Twitter or any of these other platforms. So I'm trying to build out some of these alternatives. So here is my, here's my telegram address T dot me forward slash Jim Paris T dot me forward slash Jim Paris. If you want to get to me over at telegram. Okay. This is breaking news. I want to hit this and then a lot of other things to get into. And if you're just tuning in, we are going to take live calls tonight, starting at nine 30 PM. The number is six, four, six, seven, one, six, four, zero, four, one, six, four, six, seven, one, six, four, zero, four, one breaking news. Um, there was a mass caravan that breached the U S border coming from Mexico into Texas and more than 90 Haitians were arrested today by Border Patrol crossing into Texas from Mexico. And what we're starting to see now is there is this belief uh, by people all over, you know, uh, Central America, South America. You even got Haiti here. Uh, people are believing that Biden wants the borders open and they're forming these caravans. Trump had has largely stopped all of this, uh, put the wall up, told the caravans, you're not going to be able to come across. Uh, you're going to have to wait on the Mexico side for your hearing. Uh, all of that is now up in the air and it's giving hope and encouragement to all of these caravans. Now, look, I don't care where you fall on the spectrum about immigration. You know, I, I'm a believer in legal immigration. I think we should have legal immigration. I think we should reform our immigration to make it more sensible, less expensive, to take less time for people who have something to contribute that want to come over here and work or even become citizens. I'm all for that. But this idea of just everybody can just rush the border, uh, especially right now, think about it in, the, in these terms. Uh, you know, we're talking about a pandemic and wearing masks and all of these modifications that we're making to our society. And we're really going to open up the border to these caravans of hundreds or thousands of people to come in that may be exposed to, you know, who knows what uh, they're carrying, they're bringing in. Uh, so, you know, we've got to just be rational and think this through. We also have a lot of people in America unemployed right now because of all these businesses that are shut down. This is not a new, this is not a good time to introduce a lot of new people uh, into the workforce with our current unemployment problem. So, so all the reasons um, that we historically have for wanting to have a controlled border, all those reasons are still there, but then we've got these additional reasons of our unemployment problem and the, uh, the risk of COVID in all of that. And apparently, uh, you know, Joe Biden has been quiet about it, you know, hasn't come out and, and, and said, we are not going to let caravans cross. And so, um, you know, this, this is what's happening and we'll see. Okay, a lot, a lot of news to get into tonight, so let's just jump right in. Impeachment. If you haven't been following the news, the impeachment trial of Donald John Trump. Donald Trump is, is going to be tried in the Senate a week from Tuesday. They are going to have the trial. Now, here's what's crazy about this. The Chief Justice of the United States, 
the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, John Roberts, has refused to preside over the impeachment trial. Why? Because it's not constitutional to impeach someone that's a private citizen that's no longer the president. Trump is no longer the president. Impeachment is to remove a sitting president. So this makes no sense. It, it makes no legal sense, no constitutional sense. Um, but so over the weekend, here's what happened. So I guess Trump had like a small legal team assembled, five or six attorneys. And so those attorneys are now gone and he's now got new attorneys and rumors are flying about why those attorneys quit or he fired them. We don't know which probably that he fired them. Um, but, but here's what's happening and you're going to see this building over the next several days. Watch this really carefully. So, so in the article of impeachment where Trump is in accused of inciting insurrection. Okay. Uh, he is accused of this and they have two components to that. One is the speech that he made on January 6th. The other is that he's been contesting the election results, uh, you know, since the day after the election. So those are the two components of the allegations in the article of impeachment. Now, the whole narrative has already collapsed about the January 6th speech. He didn't say anything in that speech about uh, go to the Capitol and commit violence. He said, be peaceful, let your voice be heard. In fact, we now know from law enforcement and the FBI that those people that uh, breached the Capitol had planned that days in advance. Uh, so the, the speech could not have provoked that. They were already breaching the Capitol before his speech was over. The timeline doesn't line up. The language, the words he spoke don't, uh, don't equate to insurrection or inciting violence. These attacks were planned days in advance. So, so that has collapsed. So part B of it is because Trump was challenging the election results, the election irregularities, because he was doing that for three months. That's why. And so here's what they're basically telling Trump the, the media watch it because it's already started today and it's going to continue to increase. It's going to crescendo throughout the week. What they're saying is that they're warning Trump, uh, the, the insiders, the, the blue bloods, the, uh, the bureaucrats, uh, the rhinos are warning Trump, don't go there. Do not bring up the election results. Do not use this impeachment forum as a place to show the evidence of election irregularities. If you do that, then we're, you know, we're not going to support you. This is what uh, the media is warning Trump. And we're starting to hear some rumors, some rumbling that he's being warned also by some senators. Don't go there. But think about this. You're being put on trial for supposedly uh, promoting the a lie. They're saying it's a lie. You're promoting a lie that there were election irregularities, but then you're being told you're not allowed to give your side of the story. So if Trump really believes that the election was stolen, if he believes that, and as a result has been out saying that and having lawyers argue that, um, he has every right to believe that, uh, you can agree or disagree, but now he's on trial and being told you better not explain yourself on that. You better not use this as a forum 
to be able to showcase election irregularities. And there's a lot of stuff to showcase. And Dr. Peter Navarro, uh, who's a genius, he's got all the, the details uh, about all of this cataloged in a way that we don't know if it would have changed the election. I don't know. Who knows? Right. But we do know there was a lot of election irregularities. And certainly it was Trump's right, just as it was Al Gore's right to challenge the election outcome, especially if he saw smoke. He said, well, there, there's smoke there. Maybe there's fire. So he had every right to challenge that as uh, you know, someone withstanding legally, uh, you know, one of the candidates, of course, and he lost uh, the election, according to the, the certified votes. I don't want to get all the emails. Uh, you know, I'm talking about legally. It's certified. It's it's over. We're not talking about changing the the outcome of the election. We're simply saying now that Trump is being told. And apparently this is the riff. The rumors are that this is the riff he had with the legal team that was fired over this weekend was he wants to bring he wants to use this forum this grand stage of impeachment to be able to showcase the election irregularities. And I say that's brilliant. And this is what Trump has always done. He's a counter puncher, right? So he's saying, okay, great. Bring me into the, to uh, the Senate, you know, put me on trial in the Senate and I'll use that opportunity, that stage to give my side of the story. And they're saying, well, you, you can't give your side of the story. We don't want you to give your side of the story. So look for that. That, that is the question. They started a couple of days ago and it's going to start building all throughout the week. Trump better not go there. He better not go there. He better not try and use this impeachment trial to give his side of the story, even though that's exactly what he's accused of. That's the one of the two prongs that they're accusing him of. Okay. So executive order insanity continues. I don't know how many dozens and dozens of executive orders Biden has has been signing. Apparently, he's signing so many of these that they're having to put like little cue cards in front of him so he can explain uh, after the fact what he's actually signing, because he it, it, apparently there's so many of them. He doesn't even know what he's signing. Um you know, we've got tens of thousands of people losing their jobs in the energy sector, uh, the, the pipelines uh, being discontinued. But I'll tell you the one that really got me. Thursday, uh, he signed uh, some executive orders and and one of which was in particular directed to fund abortion services overseas. And and when we look at all the stuff Biden is doing pro-abortion, a lot of people are saying Biden may, in fact, be the most pro-abortion president ever as a Catholic. I put in air quotes. Unbelievable. And, you know, churches need to start speaking out. I'm really getting tired of hearing churches saying well, we can't be political. We don't want to be political. You know, we're here to talk about God's word. We're, we're here to talk about the scripture. Uh, you know, if your church is a TED talk and a latte. And they're not bringing up these issues. You know, you need to say something about it. Uh, look, if we can't stand up for tens of millions of babies being murdered and now, you know, we supposedly have the money with all of our problems in this country that we hear about 24 seven, all the, the financial sh shut, all the shutdowns and the financial problems. And we're going to hit 30 trillion in our national debt. How in the world do we have money? How do we have money to send overseas for abortion services of all things? Can somebody explain that to me? It makes absolutely no sense. So that's sort of, to me, the low light 
uh, I'd say highlight, but let's say low light of the executive orders um, this past week. Now, if you're not watching what's happening with stimulus, so um, they're proposing a $1.9 trillion stimulus from the White House. Biden wants a $1.9 trillion uh, stimulus. And, and I mean, the money's going like to all kinds of crazy stuff. The one thing a lot of people are looking forward to, though, is another $1,400 stimulus check per person and another $500 per per kid. Um, okay, and I think people need that money. You know, I'm for that. Trump was for that. I think that's fine. Um, but now there's a, a, a battle over over this, and it looks like the Senate is going to block this um, unless it's trimmed back down to like 600 billion. So, so don't go out and spend your $1,400 stimulus yet because you may not see it, or you may see a lot less than that. And let me tell you the one sneaky thing that is embedded in the stimulus. It's in there, the $15 minimum wage. And you know, only in the world of magical thinking of rainbows and unicorns can liberals possibly think this is a good idea with all of these businesses having been shut down for months and going through all what they're going through. And the government has all these funding things, payroll protection and an emergency disaster loans and all this stuff for businesses. Right. And then what we're going to do is say, okay, and now you can open up and you've got to go, you've got to pay a $15 minimum wage. Now I know in some areas they're already paying a $15 minimum wage. I think like in Seattle, some big cities, but not everywhere. And you know, places like Florida where I think uh, it's half that, uh, I, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you operate a service business, a restaurant, a McDonald's, uh, a dry cleaner. I, I don't know how you operate these businesses and you tell them that they've got to start paying their employees double. And I'll tell you an interesting conversation. Uh, there's a little coffee shop up in St. Augustine that I go into two days a week to get a cup of coffee after I teach my martial arts class. I go in there and uh, the lady and I, we, we were chatting about the minimum wage. She's the manager. And, and this is classic. She says to me, if they raise the minimum wage to $15, I better get a huge raise as the manager. She said, because I'll just ask for a demotion and I'll just be a regular worker and I don't have to worry 24 seven about this store and about people not showing up and about answering to the corporate office. I'll just take a demotion and take the $15 an hour. So this is not just the lower level people that will have to be given a raise. You're talking about $15 an hour times 40 hours. That's $600 a week. That's over $30,000 a year for a bus boy. Okay. For, for someone working at a convenience store, uh, for somebody working at a restaurant, uh, you know, a cook at a restaurant. I mean, that sounds great in a bubble, but be ready to pay for the $20 big Mac value meal. If that's where we go. And that is embedded in the stimulus. So that'll be, I don't know if they're going to be able to, to get that out or not. All right. The last five minutes here, and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go to my graphics machine here and turn on the phone lines. There's the phone number. So we'll start taking phone calls here. Uh, already several people on the line. I've got three lines open right now. If you want to jump on board, I put the number up on the screen. If you're listening on the audio stream, 646 
716-401-716-401. Okay, so many of you know in my past life, I was a professional money manager. I managed millions of dollars for clients in 46 states. Um, it's what I did from the time I was 21 until, you know, I was uh, almost, uh, you know, maybe maybe uh, 16, 17 years I did that money management stockbroker, professional money manager. And uh, this whole GameStop selling short thing uh, is really fascinating to me. But but I, I want to start by giving you this this these numbers because this will blow your mind. So this Reddit group that got together and decided they were going to buy these stocks that these big hedge funds were selling short. Now, selling short simply means that you're betting that the stock will go down. So these little investors thousands and thousands and thousands of them got together online on Reddit and these different news groups. And they decided to start buying some of these stocks that the big hedge funds were betting would go down. So let me tell you just this. The one guy who is one of the early adopters of this, he started with $50,000. He put it into GameStop. Okay. That $50,000 grew to be presently worth 48 million let me say that again, $50,000 is now worth $48 million. It, that, that is incredible to me. And this whole deal of the small investors taking on these Wall Street hedge funds, they're calling it Trumpism. They're calling it revenge of the peasants, whatever you want to call it. I love it. I think it is fantastic. Uh, why shouldn't small investors be able to do the same thing that these hedge funds are doing, which these hedge fund, these hedge funds, what they do is they sell short, which is they're basically they're borrowing the stock uh, and they're selling stock they don't own. They're betting the stock's going to go down and they don't just do that. What they do is then they start writing all these reports, releasing them to the public. Or why why this company is going to go under, why you need to sell the stock. They go on all these TV shows and talk down the company. They call all of their institutional friends on wall street and talk down the company. So now a group of small people get together and do the opposite. They buy the stock. They don't sell short. They buy it. And then they talk up the stock and they all get together and buy. And now this is supposedly uh, the end of the world. We've got, you know, the securities and exchange commission is investing, uh, is investigating these small investors. Uh, We've got Robinhood and some of these retail stock platforms shutting down the ability to buy the stock. This has never, ever happened. I mean, they have in the past shut off short selling or betting for a stock to go down. But never in my lifetime have I seen a retail platform shut off the long buyers, the people buying the stock, not selling short, but buying the stock. And so in response to all of the pressure and complaints and on several states are investigating Robinhood and some of these other platforms. So Robinhood cried uncle. And now you can buy, if you have a Robinhood account, you can buy one single share of GameStop. That's it. One share. I mean, it is ridiculous. This is not going to stop though. And, and these hedge fund guys are saying, look, if somebody doesn't stop these peasants, these deplorables from buying these stocks that we are short, we're going to go under. We're going to lose billions of dollars. This is going to crash the entire stock market. Somebody's got to stop these little guys from doing this. And you know what my answer is? My answer is too darn bad. It's the free market. 
you play and sometimes you lose. And these small, these small investors, they're now uh, apparently over the weekend. The next thing they're all going to buy is silver. So silver is going up. They're going to buy the Ripple XRP cryptocurrency, which is up 90% in the last two days. And I actually own some of that, just full and fair uh, disclosure. Uh, hey, there's nothing wrong. Wall Street is a casino. It's a casino. If, if, you, if you can't handle losing money, if you can't handle it, stop crying, take your money and get out of the casino. If you look at all of this, look at Jeff Bezos, Amazon. People think Jeff Bezos... Uh, became the billionaire that he is, the multi-billionaire from money earned from Amazon, from the profits of it. Some, some of that, yes, but largely because of the stock. And for years, Amazon did not make any money. It did not, it was not profitable. For years, it was not profitable. And people kept buying the stock because there was hope for the future. So they're saying that these small investors that have banded together, they can't buy these stocks that are losing money. Uh, and I'll tell you what's happening. Kiplinger, um, CNBC, all these websites are now publishing the short squeeze lists. You can go online right now and type in short squeeze. And there's like 20 or 30 stocks that have these huge short positions, these huge hedge fund bets. And these people are buying these stocks. One guy went from 50,000 to $48 million. I'm not telling you to do this. I'm simply saying, you know, for a lot of these people, it's sort of like a revenge. They, one of the guys posted a story about his dad losing everything in 2008. A lot of people are really upset with the establishment, with Wall Street, with what they perceive as a rigged game. And they, a lot of them have said, I don't even care if I lose all my money. I'm doing this out of spite for the establishment, for Wall Street. And I think it's great. I think it's great. Americans with pitchforks marching to Wall Street, little guys getting together and and buying these stocks that these other guys are selling short. Uh, you know, it's it's it, it I can just see them, you know, in their in their smoke-filled back rooms, you know. Oh, we are the we are the sophisticated. Oh, these these deplorables, these great unwashed peasants uh, buying these stocks that we are selling short. Uh, okay, for, forget it. I mean, the game is over. The game is over. These short lists I'm watching right now, people are circulating these short squeeze lists all over the internet tonight. Kiplinger's, uh, MSNBC, CNBC, uh, Money Magazine, they're all publishing these lists of these big short positions and uh, people are taking their stimulus check, their $600 little check, and they're buying a few shares of these stocks. One guy took his retirement, $50,000, turned it into $48 million. It is unbelievable what is happening. And frankly, I love it. I love it because you know what? I'm a blue collar guy. I might be wearing a red shirt tonight. I'm blue collar. I'm blue collar. I'm with you. I'm with you, deplorables. I'm with you, GameStop buyers. Uh, I love it. I mean, it's a free market. Why in the world can't this, the little guy make money sometimes? Why is it always the Wall Street institutional people? That's my say. All right, we've got people waiting right now on hold. Your chance to call in. Uh, you agree, disagree on GameStop? Thoughts on Joe Biden, all these executive orders? Thoughts on impeachment? Should Trump use the impeachment platform? Should he use that to present his argument about what he believes was a stolen election? Should he be allowed to do that? Or is that somehow like the nuclear option? 
I mean, why not? Why there are, Some people are even suggesting that Trump himself go into the Senate and argue part of his case himself. And wow, that would be power. That would be explosive. What TV network would not be covering that live? Donald Trump himself arguing his case about the stolen election on the floor of the Senate in impeachment. It would be epic. It would be bigger than any TV event in history. I mean, who knows if he's personally going to show up. But uh, look, uh, I'm interested in what you think about it. Your phone call, 646 716 646 716-4041. And we go to the person holding the longest, which is area code 973. 973, what is your first name? And uh, jump right into your thoughts, your comments. Uh, my name is Jean. And my comments on... The, oh, right. Uh, You're Jean from New Jersey, right? Jean from New Jersey? Right. Jean from New Jersey. All right. right? Good to have you back and with us, on, ma'am. On the, my comments on the uh, impeachment, which is uh, unconstitutional, and I think the John Roberts was leading by example by not being represented there because uh, he knows it's unconstitutional. And um, I really don't think it's such a good idea for him to uh, give his defense that way. I, um, but I hope they do give him that uh, due process. Uh, but it seems like they're not going to. So um, it might be another one of those uh, obstruction things of anything he tries to do. Um, so let me, so let, me you, let, me, is, let me ask you yeah. before you get to your second point. So if, if you were advising Trump, uh, would you say – Look, like file a motion to dismiss the case with the Supreme Court. They probably will grant that because there's no constitutional basis uh, or present like a really minimal case and just get out of there and then go on to fight another day. Would, would you say that or would you say use this forum to present all of your evidence uh, about what you believe was a stolen election? I would believe the first uh, statement that you said would be what I would advise minimalist and get out of there right because uh they're just going to make a mockery of anything he tries to do unfortunately that's what they do they twist everything around they're not going to really let it be open he has to uh do into a normal uh courtroom situation uh then he'll get due process for the election that's going on uh, but um, and that's probably the wisest that's probably yeah. the wisest move but maybe not emotionally that, that that's not <laughs> Trump doesn't always Trump doesn't walk away from a fight I mean that's the, that's the reality of the man he is a counterpuncher and he wants to go in there and counterpunch he doesn't want to maybe take what's the wise move and then uh, kind of like, you know, live for another day to, to get his revenge some some other time. He wants to counterpunch. And I, I get that. And, and who knows if he'll be able to control that urge or not. But what was your second point, Gene? My second point was on our our, our new president uh, who wants unity, which I, I'm yeah. not finding it in any of the 42 uh executive he uh, wants conformity not unity he wants us to just agree (laughs) with all this crap he's pulling yeah right and and he's broken his uh, solemn oath to the office of uh, supporting and defending the constitution because this is uh, he is actually uh, a ruling rather than administrating uh from his position you know the president is not the ruler 
He is, uh, he's a representative and he works with the Congress and the Congress is to, um, have the policies and make the laws, not him. It sounds like he's making the laws. Yeah. He's, he's being speaking. a dictator. Like <laughs> he himself said back during the campaign that if you do a, too many executive orders, you're, you're a dictator. He, he said that you don't exactly. rule by dictator by executive order. You're a dictator. Now he's doing that exact same thing, even to the point that he doesn't even know what he's signing. Uh, he's signing so many of these executive orders. And then these ones uh, Thursday on abortion, uh, you know, somehow we've got money to send overseas for abortion, of all things. With all the people hurting in this country, we have money to send overseas to kill babies. I, 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 it, I'm I, just speechless. Um, I'm with you about that completely. It's uh, we need there's some when you see the lines of people waiting for food and the number of people that are unemployed, uh, it really is very, very sad. And when we give out the food at the food banks, I just uh, families of young children, it, it really is very sad that he doesn't see that taking just 20 million people on, away from a job. Yeah. Uh, and all, all, the all these jobs he's destroying, jobs. Uh, the XL pipeline, right. all these energy jobs, and he promised he wouldn't uh, go after these energy jobs. It, it's so bad, Gene, that that the Democrats are turning against him. The Democrats are turn his own party, Joe Manchin. You know, he's losing. He's losing the moderate Democrats, which is, you know, I would have. I'm, I'm almost thinking like, well, there aren't any moderate Democrats, but there are. There's enough. <laughs> there are. There's enough that because it's a completely divided divided Senate that all you need is a Joe Manchin. You need one or two uh, to drop out. But uh, it's good to see some of these moderates standing up again uh, against uh, some of these crazy executive orders. Gene from New Jersey, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to go next to area code 402, area code 402, your first name, and then jump right into your topic. Hey, Jim, uh, my name's Mick. And I wanted to thank you so so much for letting me be a part of the show tonight. No worries. Um, Good to have you. You know, well, I've been a a long time listener. I absolutely love your show. It's my favorite on the Internet. And I I think what you're doing is really important to help educate us all. It's an incredibly important piece of the puzzle. But my concern is where our nation is at. It's time for those of us who are conservative to stop complaining about what the left is doing and to start recognizing that the left is a highly organized and a highly, you know, very well funded and very unethical machine. Right. And I, I, I want to pause for a minute. I, I want to issue a disclaimer just in case anybody would, would misunderstand what I'm about to suggest. I'm not suggesting civil war or anything like that. I, I don't want to see our country go through that. But we need to recognize that these people are systematically and intentionally dismantling what a lot of us know to be American, you know, and just a, a constitutional republic. And if we don't, as conservatives, if we don't become educated and or, organized very soon, I think we're going to wake up and find ourselves living in a socialist-leaning country without a voice or any kind of a means to protect ourselves. And I, I guess I'm I'm looking for answers in my lifetime, Jim, and the left and, and the rhinos who have kind of gone along with them have very systematically taken over the education of our youth. They've indoctrinated the minds of our young people. They've managed to open our borders, and by doing so, they've 
sort of stuff the ballot box and or tip the ballot box a little more heavily in their favor. Uh, they've dramatically expanded the welfare state, which also helps their voting base. And they've taken over big tech and social media where, you know, businesses like your, your, your own and even just people who want to express themselves, we almost no longer have a means to communicate freely right. and effectively and try to change some of those minds back. And they've also monopolized the, the so-called free press to the point that it's in increasingly difficult. I've, I've never been so frustrated in my lifetime just trying to find a source of genuine investigative reporting instead of some leaning, opinionated propaganda that supports the left's agenda. And I'm, I'm afraid that they use that media to try to create narratives that misinform us in order to get us to vote a certain direction or to divide us against each other. And I, all those things that I'm, I'm talking about, with those in place, it makes it very difficult for people to just have a means to be able to hear the truth and, and properly educate ourselves so that we can be well-informed voters, even if we, and it, even if we could make our way through all of that. Jim, where are we at right now? Because there is ample evidence that highly suggests that we no longer have a free and fair election process in our country i mean that that's that's in question now it is in question and, 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 and mick let, let me let me give you let me say two things too and then then i'll give you a little bit more time here so so i i've got two thoughts first of all one is when we are in power which we were during trump's first two years we weren't able to do very much right because we had paul rhino who was the speaker of the house <laughs> and he wasn't uh moving the ball um you know when we have our our chance we need to take advantage of that secondly um there are some people that are starting to fight back and again we're not talking about physical we're talking about legal and strategy and all kinds of other things that you can do for example some of these states like the state of Florida is going after these social media companies saying, unless you stop censoring conservatives, uh, we're and they've already done it. They've cut off all money from the state of Florida, uh, to Facebook. So you've got the individual red states. They have power to pass laws within those states to be able to stop this from happening. We've been talking about the social media for years. I've been kicked off of, uh, Twitter in the past and then reinstated. Uh, my accounts are, are all, um, you know, definitely shadow banned. I, I don't get near the views that I used to get. And, and, the, you know, I love Trump, but Trump has Trump saw this early on in, in his term that these social media companies were doing this. They were letting him run free because he was the president. But ultimately, they came for him in, in the end. And I think the next time that we have power, we have got to do something about these social media companies. He waited till like the very end of his presidency to do that. But now the states are going after them. We're going to have a guest on the show in three weeks who's going to talk all about what we can do to get into offices like as individuals, how to find out how to run for local offices, how to become a local sheriff, a local county councilman, a city commissioner, the dog catcher, the mosquito patrol guy, how to become the local <laughs> 
you know, authority in your area, because sometimes the greater power is within this, you know, these smaller roles, how to become a state representative. Maybe you're not going to be a senator, but you could be a state representative to begin with. And and how to actually do this. We've got a guy coming in uh, in three weeks. He's going to talk all about this and, and, and how we can all mobilize and be like, as Steve Bannon says, force multipliers. We all have a small following on social media sharing things, doing each what we can do. And and there's 100 million or more of us out here. And if we all make a little bit of noise, it becomes a, a large noise if we combine our efforts. Well, Jim, when, when that, that show airs, I hope everybody takes the replays and they share those everywhere because we need people to hear things like that. Um, <laughs> look, I think conservatives are just behind the eight ball right now. Uh, we've, we've been caught, um, unprepared and we need to get as organized as the people on the left are and, and even better. We've got to start to form news organizations where we can get genuine investigative reporting and, and, and be more active in petitioning our elected officials. I think number one, that we need to demand that our voting system is replaced with a system that can be trusted. And it protects us against election fraud. And then we need some grassroots efforts. Uh, you know, Jim, I just, you've, I think you've already made this, this comment. So I'm, I guess I'm stealing a past comment uh, from you on your show, but I'm with you. I, do we live in a capitalist country or not? Because I can't figure out as much money as an Amazon or a Facebook or a YouTube. These, these big media giants and, and that's what they are. They're media. They're just, they're, they're publishers because they're censoring. They're, right. they're editing what can and, you know, what appears on their platforms. But why is there no second option? Why isn't there a, a, a YouTube 2.0. Well, you know, you know some Mick, other, there, there, some there other are some platform out that's there what that they said. They, they told us if you don't like Twitter, start your own Twitter. So we started our own Twitter, which is called Parlor, and then they <laughs> came, they got together and shut it down. They don't want to allow. This is why this Andy No last name spelled N G O. Everybody buy the book on Mast about Antifa. They they're they're going into the bookstores and threatening uh, to to damage uh, physically damage these bookstores if they don't take his book out. Uh, he's hiding. In a, outside of the country right now, they they want us. They don't want to us to just go and have our own. They want to totally silence us. And you're talking about voter reform. Go online and type in HR one. HR one is current legislation where the Democrats are looking at registering 16 and 17 year olds to vote. They're looking at automatic voter registration. So so everybody's automatically registered, which is going to be fraught with all kinds of fraud. They're looking at substantially expanding the mail in uh, voting, all of the things that are open to fraud. Uh, you know, why can't we? I mean, you can't go online and use your credit card to buy something for five dollars without proving who you are. You can't drive a car without proving who you are. Our most valuable right, which is voting. You can do this on a cr crumpled up piece of paper and, and, and you, they don't even check your signature in most of these states, they've admitted it. And and there's dead people voting. There's people voting multiple times. There's people that are vo voting in multiple different states 
uh, because they, they've, they used to live in Florida. Now they live in Georgia and they're voting in both places. All this stuff is going on. And you would think with all this technology, Mick, there's got to be some way that we can guard our most valuable right, which is to vote, to have some kind of a system. Uh, if you use the blockchain or whatever it is, but we've got two short years and really four short years to the next presidential go round. And if they put all this stuff in there, they turn D.C. into a state, Puerto Rico into a state. That's four more senators. If they rig the system with a bunch of, you know, new mail in programs, we're never going to have a chance to get the presidency back again. Well, and let's let's stack the Supreme Court while we're at it. Yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> You know, like I say, I, look, I, I'm very careful. I'm not trying to sound like let's go to civil war, but at, at some level, we need a, a, a peaceful resistance here. There has to be an offensive because I just never thought I'd live to see the day where I I'd see my country crumbling literally around my eyes. Um, this sounds terrible. I, I don't even like to say it, but I felt like fly, I've got a flagpole in my yard. I felt like flying, flying my flag at half mast when yeah. Joe Biden was inaugurated. Or, or that, flying, that's just, that's or flying it upside down. I, you know, I didn't yeah. like Obama, yeah. but I supported him as my president. Right. Um, but I don't, I don't, I can't accept Joe Biden as my president because they haven't proven to me that this election is free and fair. And like you said, if we don't have free and fair elections, we don't have a country. Yeah. And then on it's top of it, he comes in, he says he wants to unite. And immediately uh, with <laughs> these dozens and dozens of these these executive orders throwing people out of work and funding abortions overseas, all of this nonsense, putting putting men into uh, women's sports. I mean, Ob Obama was liberal, but this is like off the charts. I don't even know what term to use. Uh, Mick in Nebraska, great comments. Thank you for your contribution. We go next to the Chicago area. 815 area code, your first name and uh, jump right in with your thoughts. Hi, Jim. This is Jeremy. Uh, thanks for having me on the air again. Thank you, sir. Um, I made a comment a couple a couple weeks ago talking about uh, constitutional ignorance, and I'm going to focus on that again. Um, we're talking about the impeachment situation. If you look at the Constitution again, the House has the right to impeach, but then the Senate has to have the hearing. Now, I'm going to compare this to my profession as an attorney, and I'm going to say, look, just like in the, in the, you know, compared to a criminal justice hearing, we are in a country where we're supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. Is that happening nowadays? Sadly, no. Uh, it seems like as soon as you're, you know, someone's charged, oh man, they, they've got to fight everything to prove their innocence and, uh, you know, just being charged, you're immediately guilty, which is not the way the criminal justice system was designed. But with the impeachment situation, they're going to charge President Trump, and they're going to charge under, you know, under their grounds, under their uh, supposed evidence that they're stating, then why shouldn't he, just like in a criminal hearing, be able to present his defense, his evidence to say, you know, for, uh, first and foremost, did he incite anything? You know, clearly not. But if they're going to say things against him to bring charges against him, then he should have a right to defend himself. Um, I'm shocked uh, that you know, I saw when uh, uh, Chief Justice Roberts was not going to preside over the hearing. Um, yeah, that speaks volumes. What does that say when your Chief Justice, when it clearly says in the Constitution that the Chief, Chief Justice has to oversee these hearings, 
and he won't oversee them. Yeah. The issue, though, that I think is is going to be a huge problem, and it, it, this has been a problem from day one, is the media. Uh, I am sickened every day. I saw it when Obama was in office, uh, then when Trump you know, was our president, now Biden's in the office. The media is everything that the Democrats do is fantastic. Everything the, Demo- <laughs> the Democrats do is genius yeah. and brilliant. And the only questions uh, like uh, oh, what, Biden, they'll ask him, what what flavor milkshake did you order? That's the toughest questions yeah. that he gets. Yeah, exactly. I remember reading, you know, when the NCAA men's basketball tournament was going, oh, every year it was like, well, who, you know, what teams did uh, Obama pick? Yeah. Oh, wow. Those yeah, are what, some what were his brackets? Questions well, let there. me ask you as, as an attorney, I'm, I'm fascinated to ask you this question. So typically as an attorney, uh, what you would do is maybe in a case like this where it doesn't appear that there's even a valid forum for this case, you would file a motion to dismiss, which is certainly an option. They could file a motion to dismiss with the Supreme Court, and probably that would would be the end of it because there is no valid uh, forum for this. Evidence by Chief Justice John Roberts refusing to participate, that's proof right there that this is not constitutional. But maybe Trump is crazy like a fox because maybe that's why he got rid of all of his first group of attorneys this weekend and he has now new attorneys, I guess, as of today. But, you know, your thoughts as an attorney, um, Trump to use the grand stage of the well of the Senate in, in, in impeachment uh, televised worldwide on every channel, every network to give his side of the argument to have Peter Navarro, Dr. Peter Navarro, all these other experts show how these different states changed the election laws without going through their legislators, all these uh, irregularities. And no court would hear any of this because uh, they dismissed it uh, with they said, you know, no standing, uh, no jurisdiction. We're not going to overturn an election. So it was never litigated. Would you, what would you suggest is the wisest chess move here? Does Trump use this forum uh, to give the American public, maybe for the first time, all of the information, as Steve Bannon says, all the receipts to show what happened in these disputed states? Or does he take the the kind of the, the quick dismissal or the very abbreviated presentation and then gets his his uh you know his vote and he and he goes quietly and fights lives to fight for another day because they're warning him don't go there no. don't don't go there but that's what he's charged with he's charged with lying about the election so why shouldn't he be able to present that right uh, i can remember you know back when i was uh, years ago i was doing a, a jury trial and uh, on the other side, I had a very contentious defense attorney I was going up against. Um, and he started, he was almost uh, blinded with his own rage that he started bringing things up in the hearing that ordinarily, I, as, a, as a former prosecutor, I would not have been able to ask questions. It would have been prejudicial. But the defense attorney started saying, asking things because of his anger of trying to win um, that I started saying, okay, you know, we had sidebars, you know, with the judge, and I would say, Your Honor, he opened this up, so I'm going to start a line of questions here, and just want to make sure, you know, you're aware that there won't be a mistrial here because the defense attorney opened the door to this. Right. Ordinarily, in a normal case, would not I would not be able to do this. So the que- but 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 the question is, so can if you could get that information out, brilliant. 
would be a brilliant legal move, and I'd love to see it happen. Um, the, one of the saddest things about, you know, when the Capitol, when, uh, you know, everybody went into the Capitol, or not everybody, but the, the possible instigators went into the Capitol, is they, I believe it was planned because they prevented, uh, you know, Senator Cruz, Senator Hawley from coming out and saying, we want it on record to show what we believe happened in this election. All of a sudden that was shut down. All of this horrible event at the Capitol. And no, let's not have, you know, these, uh, objections. Let's not have this hearing anymore. That took away an, an incredible opportunity for conservatives to say, finally, someone's going to hear what happened. So I'd love to see this be another opportunity to get the foot in the door, but the, but the, it still remains the media will do everything in their power, even if it comes across well. The media will do everything in their power to say, oh, here we go again. You know, President Trump with his baseless attack. Yeah, and they're already no saying, Jeremy, they're, they're already fraud. warning. They're warning like on CNN today, like he better not go there. He better not start the yeah. lies again about the election. And it's almost like there, there's that's the drumbeat. And it's going to start crescendoing all the way up there, like literally daring him like you cannot go there. And then if the presiding uh, officer is Patrick Leahy, who is a senator, who he's the he was he's on the jury and he's also the judge. I mean, how how does that possibly yeah. Yeah. work out? I mean, the whole right. thing. But you know what? I mean, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see. And Trump is a is a. Uh, a counter puncher and maybe this will be his chance to give his side of the story great comments so glad you're with us and uh we'll definitely be in touch with you uh for our panel show jeremy we go now to the boston area 781 what is your first name and jump right in with your thoughts hi jim it's mike from boston uh long time listener thank you for taking my call tonight good to have you Mike. Uh, i want to talk about a little bit about great thank you jim I want to talk a little bit about the um, the government, um, Joe Biden's uh, mandate on uh, the government uh, going with all electric vehicles, right? And um, how it kind of like comes into um, into effect with General Motors. Um, General Motors also announced this week that they're going to be going to all electric vehicles for, uh, as of 2025. Wow! And it's interesting that they come out they come out with that that statement when you know 15 years ago we bailed them out. Uh, in 2008, <laughs> yeah, right. and now, you know, are we going to go back to government motors again? And right. that was like one of the big concerns, um, you know, going to all electric vehicles um, is, you know, something I, I'm all for going to electric vehicles, but are we going to end up bailing out uh, General Motors again? Well, here's the thing, though. I, I read an article where uh, uh, Elon Musk is saying there's not enough electricity that exists to have all of our cars uh, fueled by electricity. Like, we don't, we don't have the infrastructure. And if you think that it's all about clean energy, these batteries that have to be disposed of are horrible for the environment. And that electricity is created by, by, you know, oil and coal. And that's how we get the electricity. So this is largely a myth that electric cars are, are, are energy carbon neutral and all that anyway. But, uh, we're talking about, uh, th two, three years from now, then you're saying that GM is saying they're going to go to all electric cars. I mean, I personally, um, I don't want an electric car because I don't want to be driving down the road and all of a sudden I have to stop somewhere and plug my car in for two or three hours. The, the whole idea of a hybrid, I've considered, 
a hybrid, which I think is a good compromise. But it's the same thing, Mike, like what they did with this XL pipeline. You know, a reasonable, rational person would have said, okay, uh, we, we want to get rid of the XL pipeline. Fine. We're going to take all these people that we're putting out of work. We're going to give them a couple of years of their regular paycheck, and we're going to pay for them to go get trained to do something else. That would be what a true you know, soft-hearted, good person, the old-style liberal would do for these people. They wouldn't just say, you're out of work as of Friday and you've got no way to feed your family, especially during all the stuff that's going on in the economy. Uh, and this is the same idea here. The idea of in three years, we're going to go to all electric. I, I don't see it. I, and and there's still problems, even with Tesla, which is obviously the leader in that niche, where there's still problems with with those cars. It's not it's not worked out yet. And I think there's still a lot of questions. And, uh, you know, I, I still love uh, putting gas in my car. I guess maybe once uh, gas is eight dollars a gallon, maybe I'll feel differently. Right. No, I, I agree. I, I think I might have misspoke. I, I, I said um, 20. Maybe, I might have said 2025 for, for the um for the uh, for GM, but they said twenty thirty five. Oh, okay, um, okay, that sounds like I, what I, I read. But I do. Yeah, that sounds like what I read because yeah. you say twenty twenty five. I'm like, wow, that's three four years from now. I had not read that, but uh, okay, twenty thirty five. That sounds more maybe uh, more was, realistic, but still probably unrealistic. Well, I was I was I was thinking of, of Norway, which is actually going to um, banning all gas gas cars as of twenty twenty five, which I just read yesterday. Yeah, which is which is you know is is really putting a lot of pressure on Norway to go with you know all all um, electric cars. But um, I'm I'm kind of worried about the um, you know transportation of uh, of big trucks, uh, getting food to the places. If they're going to be mandated to go all electric, I think the cost of all consumer goods will explode. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, they're not thinking through any of this stuff. The $40 trillion new green deal, maybe we're getting like the lighter version of that, but it's still moving in that direction. And it's just like with the minimum wage. I mean, in the in the world of magical thinking and unicorns and rainbows, that would be great to make it $15 an hour. But like Rush Limbaugh says, why stop there? Why not Why not make it that everyone gets $100,000 a year? Why not make it that everybody gets a million dollars a year? Why stop at 30000 a year with the minimum wage? Well, obviously, you get to the point where it becomes ridiculous, but it's ridiculous to force businesses to pay double what they're paying in a lot of states right now without thinking that through. Like in Florida, we've got some kind of a, a phase in over the next several years to get us to $15, but it's a phase in. That's how you do these kind of things. You can't just step in and tell everybody they've got to switch over uh, to electric. They've got to switch over to a $15 uh, minimum wage. And I also read something too about uh, uh, some of the uh, uh, senators, uh, Pelosi in particular, that uh, had had strategically made some investments uh, before all of this uh, electric car mm -hmm. announcement was made. And, and, you know, I think there's a lot of uh, dirty pool there with that inside information that a lot of these senators have uh, about this. But uh, it's good news, Mike. I think that Biden has gone so far and, and this is what always happens. It's like. In Roadrunner, Wiley Coyote always blows himself up in the end. And this is what happens with liberals. They always overplay their hand. They always go too far. And Biden has gone so far off the deep end that he's losing a lot of the moderates. And there are still some moderates in the Democrat Party, Joe Manchin among them in the Senate, who's sort of the kingmaker uh, because of the 50-50 split. Um, and, and I think uh, maybe that's a good thing that he went so far with all of this nonsense, all of these executive orders, 
uh, that he went off the deep end. And I think he's going to have to reel in and uh, who knows what he's going to actually be able to get pushed through. Your final thoughts, sir. Oh, no, that's all, Jim. I wanted to thank you so much and uh, God bless. And uh, uh, I'd like to see your new book uh, come out with a hologram of um, <laughs> uh, you know, some of your work on. Yeah, here, on, I'll put it up again. Uh, there's the hologram of 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 Mike Lindell showing people this in the video. And people are are like freaked out by this. My wife said she was reading. Somebody was was freaked out by this cover. And uh, the book has been sitting out in my living room. And this is this is like one of these holograms. I'm showing this to everybody on the video feed. Thank you for your call, Mike. Um, but like when you walk past the book, it's sitting on my dining room table. You walk past it and like the picture will change. It looks like it's haunted or something. It is really I mean, it's it's funny. And I mean, I love Mike, Mike Lindell. And this is the kind of thing he would do. But it's like this book cover has got people really freaked out. It, it really does. Uh, what are the odds? The book from crack addict to CEO, Mike Lindell. And you might think you're on crack when you're looking at this book cover because of what it, you know, this crazy. When I was a kid, I had a book called The Tin Soldier by Hans Christian Andersen and it had a like this type of a hologram 3D looking cover on it of like a tin soldier. And I remember I did something totally stupid. I was five years old. I got a knife and I tried to cut the soldier out of the cover of the book. <laughs> I still remember that to this day that I ruined that beautiful book uh, by trying to cut. I thought there was actually a, a the toy soldier was inside the book, the cover of the book. Uh, but there you go. Uh, <laughs> the haunted book cover. Mike Lindell from here we go from from crack attic to CEO. See that from crack attic to CEO. It's a magic trick. <laughs> We're trying to get Mike to come on the show. If he sees this video, he may not want to come on the show. All right. It's been a great program tonight. A lot of huge stuff going on this week. Follow me on social media, Facebook, Twitter, until I'm banned. I'm over on Telegram right now. Uh, the Telegram address is t.me forward slash Jim Paris. Uh, all of my links to all of my social media, MeWe, all of those sites is all at ChristianMoney.com. Thanks for joining us. Remember, if it's Sunday night, it's Jim Paris Live. Thanks to all of our callers and for everybody watching and listening. God bless. We'll talk to you next week. So long, everybody.